All right. Hello, I'm Sarah Mackey. I'm a rheumatologist from Leeds, UK, and I want to talk to you today about um, a case um, of a 76-year-old lady who has PMR, polymyalgia rheumatica. So I know she has PMR because I'd seen her before. She had a really typical presentation. She responded to steroids in just the way we expect for PMR. She tapered her steroids down and that all happened in just the way we expect for PMR. But then I call her up for a routine review and she says, doctor, um, I can't get below five milligrams of prednisolone. Every time, time I try to get to four milligrams, oh, my PMR pain comes back and I'm full of pain and I can't do anything. So um, what do we do? So the first thing is we need to get her up um, to clinic so that we can take a look at her and she can show me what it is that, that her symptoms are. So we come up to clinic and it turns out that in fact, her shoulders and her hips are absolutely fine. And where she's saying that her PMR has moved to is her first carpal metacarpal joint of both hands and some of her hepatitis nodes. There's no sign of fibromyalgia or any other inflammatory arthritis going on either. So what do I think about here? Well, the story, as I'm telling it, is pointing you very much in the direction of, well, this is unmasking of hand osteoarthritis as steroids are tapered. And this is something we're really familiar with in rheumatology practice. Uh, but just before we rush into that, I want you to think one thing. And I want you to ask this, this lady about symptoms and signs of giant cell arteritis, because just sometimes, just occasionally, this is the first warning sign that we have that PMR is flipping over into giant cell arteritis. So it's worth just asking about symptoms and signs and checking a CRP. We've already had a think about other potential rheumatic diseases, other inflammatory arthritis, doesn't have any of those, so that's fine. The other thing that sometimes we think about is whether this lady, maybe a year into steroids, may have developed iatrogenic adrenal insufficiency. So what we tend to do is we tend to um, request a nine o'clock cortisol blood test. So she has that blood draw nine in the morning, 24 hours after her last prednisone dose. Um, and if that value comes back very low, um, then we may refer to endocrinology for some more testing of her endocrine axis and to figure out what the best plan for her is. But assuming that that comes back okay, then we treat the hand osteoarthritis. So we educate her, we explain what's going on. Hand strengthening, grip strengthening is incredibly important because long-term steroids really impair your muscle strength and that can be very insidious and creep up on patients without them realizing. So muscle strengthening is absolutely crucial in this situation. Symptomatic management of the pain, um, and and really just understanding um, what it is that's going on. Um, in terms of the prednisolone taper, it may be that um, that one milligram drop from five to four was just too much for this lady. And she might need to drop by 0.5 milligrams. She might need to cut her tablets or alternate doses day to day. Um, there are very slow prednisolone tapers that are available that um, are a little bit more gentle than the standard drop by one milligram every month. And sometimes those slow tapers work where other tapers do not. Um, and that can also be useful for relapsing PMR or relapsing GCA as well. These slower tapers, sometimes it's, it seems to be the, the reduction in the dose um, that unbalances things and makes things flare. And sometimes we can get away with slower tapers and get to a smaller dose um, if we if we reduce in uh, the, the prednisolone dose a little bit more gradually. Um, so that's what I wanted to talk about today. Um, when you have your patient with, who's not very happy as they're tapering their prednisolone with PMR, yes, it is quite often osteoarthritis, but just occasionally it's giant cell arthritis. So don't forget to ask about those symptoms and look for those GCA signs. Um, thank you very much for your attention today.
Welcome to QD Clinic. I'm Jack Cushman. Room now. QD Clinic this month is brought to you by Sanofi, the sponsors of our campaign called Make Room for PMR. Today's case is a 52-year-old who had a great response to steroids. The question is, is this PMR? So she presents to you for a second opinion. Four months ago, she had the onset of knee pain, uh, and it was associated with some swelling. It was just on one side, the right side. And then two weeks later, it became bilateral shoulder and bilateral hip and bilateral knee pain. Mostly not swollen, but she really wasn't sure. At one point, she was unable to get out of the bed because of the knee and shoulder pain. She had two hours of morning stiffness. She had pain in the joints mentioned. Labs were drawn by our primary care. The SED rate was 58. The CRP was markedly elevated at 6.35 milligrams per deciliter. She complained of weakness, fatigue, myalgias, and anorexia. She hadn't lost any weight. She denied any fever. She had no rashes. She was seen by rheumatology who put her on prednisone 15 milligrams a day, and she did dramatically better and was able to resume her activities. She went back and saw that rheumatologist who started to wean her down, and she promptly got worse. This was probably after being on steroids for maybe a month. She comes to you for a second opinion. She still has pain in her shoulders, knees, and hips. Four hours of morning stiffness despite being on prednisone 12.5 milligrams a day. Uh, she says her pain today is 4 out of 10. She sleeps poorly and takes medicine for it. Her current meds include prednisone 12.5 milligrams a day, PRN hydrocodone. She takes Keppra for cluster headaches. And for her bad sleep, she takes QHS amitriptyline and Elscopazone or Lunesta. She's also on a statin. When you see the patient, there are no tender joints, there are no tender joints, no swollen joints. She has full range of motion uh, in the hips and shoulders. The SED rate is five. The CRP is zero point five milligrams per deciliter. Question is, what's your diagnosis, and what are you going to tell her? I mean, she's coming to you. Either you're going to confirm the diagnosis of PMR or tell her she's got something totally different. I think what's curious about this case are the facts that. The CRP is very high. She had prolonged morning stiffness. She had girdle pain. She was unable to get out of bed. It's a common story. Um, and uh, she had anorexia. But sort of the sequence of the events here is a little odd, especially with the knee pain and bilateral knee pain. Um, the association with bad sleep, the inability to get off steroids. I wouldn't expect that early on in the story. But I think the question at hand here, is this PMR, and was it confirmed by the exquisite response to 15 milligrams of prednisone? The answer is a blatantly loud, unequivocal no. Steroid responses are nonspecific. I don't care if your problem's a hangnail or uh, a migraine headache or, you know, stage four leukemia. You know, steroids make a lot of people feel better and for no particularly good reason. Um, and so hinging a diagnosis on that may be problematic. I don't believe that the former rheumatologist was really saying that this was a final diagnosis. I think he was impressed that he had to do something quick because this patient was non-functional with a very high CRP. 
and I think I would have done the same thing. However, if you really doubt the diagnosis of PMR, I mean, this person is 52 years of age. I can count on one hand the number of patients I've diagnosed with PMR who are age 50 to 60. So I don't like making that diagnosis at that age. So if you doubt the diagnosis, an imperial trial of steroids in someone with acute onset inflammatory arthritis seems prudent. And what do I do? I tend to give an intramuscular dose of something. I like um, Depomedrol, 80 milligrams, followed by 10 days of prednisone, either 10 milligrams a day or 20 milligrams a day, but then abruptly stopping and having the patient call me um, four to seven days later to let me know what's going on, and then I'll make up my mind. But I'm not going to rely on steroids. I'm not going to start steroids with the, the future um, guarantee that getting them off steroids is going to be really difficult, as it is in this case. So I would say that there was an onset of a probable acute inflammatory arthropathy, etiology, who knows. Most of those do go into remission on their own, and a little bit of steroids can't hurt. At this point in the game, she still has joint complaints. Maybe you want to look for other causes of an acute evolving into now a chronic arthropathy. I don't know if she has inflammation because she's on steroids and her acute phase reactants are negative. She has no swollen joints. But I'll nonetheless look at her scalp and at her skin and ask her about her GI uh, habits. Uh, and I'll probably refer her, you know, if any of those are abnormal, I'll refer her to derm or GI. But uh, that wasn't the case here. I didn't find anything on exam. I might consider, because of the chronicity of the complaints, um, imaging. And the shoulders are still a problem. Ultrasound to help diagnose PMR might be good. Otherwise, given the complaints she has, I might do x-rays, just plain radiography of the shoulders, hips, and knees because they have been chronic. But she does have normal range of motion, so I expect that to be a low-yield endeavor. Um, it's clear that, above all, she does have poor sleep. And poor sleep can account for all of this manifesting as overt fibromyalgia or even poor sleep causing myofascial pain. That's why I spread. She does not have tender points. She does not meet criteria for fibromyalgia. But I'm nonetheless giving her instructions on sleep hygiene, sending her to a sleep eval um, with a specialist, and changing her sleep meds to less um, amitriptyline, more trazodone, using the Lunesta PRN, and giving her a plan to wean steroids in a very slow one milligram per every other week fashion or every week fashion while covering her with daily analgesics like mm, 1,900 to 2,600 uh, milligrams a day of extended release uh, acetaminophen. Time will prove that she doesn't have PMR. Um, and um, I'm sort of certain of that. Uh, I won't get hung up if her CRP is elevated persistently. I won't because I don't treat lab tests. I'm treating inflammatory arthritis, and I don't see inflammatory arthritis. So elevated CRPs, I'll just watch them and worry about them, but I'm certainly not going to prolong prednisone because of a, a test or an acute phase reactant in someone who doesn't have established diagnosis of PMR. That's it for this QD Clinic. Tune in for more during this campaign month on Make Room for PMR.
Hello, this is Sebastian Sati from the University of Pittsburgh, and this is my QD clinic for the day. And we're going to be talking about a patient I saw some time back, uh, well, a few months back, actually, who came to me as a second opinion. So an 86-year-old um, female who had been diagnosed with PMR three years back, uh, initially presenting with the uh, as per kind of the node and, and her report, uh, shoulder pain, hip pain, and stiffness. And at that point, the patient had been started on around 15 or 20 milligrams of prednisone, had been doing fine. But every time steroids were trying to, were, were attempted to be tapered, um, things came back. Uh, and with the pass of time, things changed a little bit with some involvement of swelled peripheral joints. So patient never went below a dose of five milligrams of prednisone, as she clearly said, every time I go down, the stiffness comes back. And the past year or so, I've been having significant pain and swelling of my hands, wrists, uh, fingers. I cannot make a full fist. I'm having issues with my home chores, which I enjoy doing. Um, so at some point, I think the patient had been uh, tried on um, methotrexate, which actually had le led to some elevation of her LFTs, and that was discontinued. And the flunomide was not tolerated further, and there were no kind of other steroid um, sparing agents that were tried. So at this point, the patient comes in and tells me, well, I have this PMR. It keeps going on. And what, do you, what can you do for me? And the patient was clearly having significant pain and stiffness with limitation in her daily activities, um, but also had very profound synovitis of her bilateral wrist and MCP joints as well as some PIP joints. Uh, and as a matter of fact, those were the were the, uh, the the areas that were more painful and limiting her daily activities. As well, she complained about her neck pain and complained about shoulder pain, but but her hands were were pretty significant and were limiting her daily uh, activities of daily life. Um, so interestingly, uh, as much as, yes, shoulder and hip symptoms had been the, her initial manifestations, there were some other new symptoms going on. And going back into the available records, um, and reviewing some of her images, although neurosis disease had been noticed, there were there were some, uh, and there was some, at some point, some concern for possibility of uh, CPPD disease that could be explaining um, some of her peripheral symptoms. There were no um, other serological tests that had been done. And it's sometimes important to, to differentiate because certainly what we, what used to be called the early onset array, which should be called late onset array, can present with a, a different kind of picture than what we usually expect compared to uh, array as we all know and and kind of see in their in kind of younger adults it can sometimes present with a predominance of um bigger uh, kind of larger joints with not a typical kind of small joint pattern uh, rf and ccp had not been checked on this patient and uh upon initial assessment uh, in, in our clinic um, this were checked and they were kind of uh, over the charts. So she, patient was both rf and ccp positive was having pretty pre pre predominant small joint symptoms as well, as well as the, the large kind of hip and, and shoulder and pelvic girdle symptoms that had initially presented with her disease with a, a difficulty in tapering prednisone. So at that point, um, as much as PMR, and that was kind of what she was coming for, we talked about and discussed the possibility of a uh, diagnosis of seropositive array that, and started discussing about treatment options uh, 
going to the choice of a biologic agent, given that she had previously non-tolerated uh, CST marts. Patient was started on a biologic agent, agent after discussion with improvement of her symptoms. So this points out again into somehow teasing out the fact is that there is a need sometimes to kind of reassess things, especially with diagnosis of PMR, which although can be very classical and have this usual presentation within uh, of um, if symptoms and findings change on exam, there's always room to uh, take a step back and reassess. So thank you so much. And I hope you have enjoyed this cutie clinic.